Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And happy weekend. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Pizzapia. It's our weekend edition of the show. we got great programming all weekend long for you here. Of course, Diamond Bets with Joe coming up a little bit later, of course. We like to keep it fresh and new and keep you guys guessing as to what we may do next year from a betting perspective, fantasy perspective, and even life perspective. And in fact, coming up a little bit later on the show, Gray Albright from Razball.com. He was on our program earlier this week. We'll uh, allow you to listen to a little conversation with me and him. We have NASCAR racing this weekend, so we got Matt Sells in the house uh, breaking down everything that potentially could happen in NASCAR as well. Belmont Stakes, depending on when you're watching this show, Belmont Stakes is this weekend as well. And uh, and Joe, certainly it's a you know kind of a fair time to go back and sort of recap some of the things that happened this week. And you know, unfortunately for us, uh, Friday this this week in general was really not a great week for sports. I would say. And I think it was all kind of capped off on Friday. And I know that there's just so many positive people out there. And certainly I am in in that camp, too. And I want to believe all of these things, uh, you know, as far as sports are concerned, are going to happen. But life is certainly, you know, far more important than anything else that would happen in sports. And so I don't know what the future holds. But presently, Joe, I think that, unfortunately, uh, I think all sports are back to being in jeopardy again. It's because kind of where we stand after yesterday. Uh, they might be. Obviously, this is what happens. You, you know, you got to see the map and you see how things are going through there. And perhaps they did open up a little too soon. And perhaps some of the guidelines weren't strict enough. Uh, I know here in New Jersey, every time I go out, I do not see anybody working or shopping or whatever without a mask on unless they're just out for a casual walk or they're running. And I think that's fair enough. It's very hard to run without <laughs> with a mask on, I imagine, in the 90 degree humidity that is New Jersey. So I don't think you want to be doing that. But you know, it, it does seem like this is, again, something that has to really be dealt with and figured out. Is this something that sports are going to, you know, have to go through at some point? Like, is this this something that's going to just be part of the new normal? Now that COVID is here, is it going to be here every year? Because if it is, then we have to learn to adapt to that. And as scary as that seems for a lot of people, and it does, it's something we have to kind of figure out what those protocols are. And hopefully, as we figure out what the protocols are, medicine will catch up to it but it takes a little while for the science to get caught up because they're constantly reacting you can't be proactive these things you have to be reactive that's what vaccines are all about so let's hope for the best and some scientific uh you know breakthroughs here because i think it's going to take something like that for us to really feel confident again but i think a lot of these leagues are really going to try they're going to do their best to try save major league baseball of course (laughs) yeah i mean i I think that everything is very much in jeopardy after yesterday i i mean i i'm a lot less optimistic across the board. And I'm hopeful to be back here on Monday and change my opinion. But look, this is an everyday show, and certainly uh, opinions are subject to change. But at this stage, based on what happened yesterday, unfortunately, it did feel a little bit like that day where Rudy Gobert tested positive and Tom Hanks tested positive. Because yesterday, the Philadelphia Phillies had a handful of players who um, who tested positive, and they closed their uh, spring training facility And it's my understanding that at least two weeks of this being closed was put you right basically at a date that they're supposed to open back up potentially to have a spring training. The Blue Jays also in on the West Coast of Florida shut down their facility and the NHL, who is in phase two of their return to play, had the Tampa Bay Lightning close down their facility. So to answer, you know, you know, sort of something that you said before, um, the answer is no sports will be played if a team uh, has some sort of influx of infection, because you're, you're basically talking, you you can't lose a team Mm -hmm. uh, during a regular season. And so potentially a little bit different for uh, the NBA. If, if if indeed they, you know, get those eight games in and start off with a playoffs uh, because again, you're dealing with less Uh, for baseball. it, It seems like a very significant problem at this point for football an even more significant problem, more than I ever thought, because you're not going to be able to cancel uh, a season, If you, I don't think, if you get started. I mean, can you just cancel a team? So, uh, unfortunately, my opinion has to change with everything. And, I and look, I want things to move forward. I'm still optimistic. I still do believe in the end that all of these things will happen. But I can't simply 
you know, just hide my head in the sand after no, what I saw not. yesterday. I thought yesterday was, unfortunately for sports, takes me back to 90 days ago. And regardless of how you feel about politics and who's opened up and who didn't, and maybe they did this and maybe they did I think the reality that we have to face is that I don't think that any professional sports organization has a specific plan in place when when this happens. And there's really, you can think that you have an idea, you can know that you have an idea, but then you don't. I mean, even a player on the PGA Tour tested positive yesterday and removed himself from the tournament in Nick Watney. So, I mean, we are, we're really in unprecedented uh, territory right now. I know for me and for this show, if we have to go outside sports and go outside the box, we've been doing it for, for, uh, for three months. We'll continue to do it. But for all me I know is I can smell the rest of that segment coming. I, I, all of a sudden, it's going to get bad. And Craig Mish is going to turn to me and he's finally going to throw his hands up and say, you know what? Just go do it. Just go do 13 minutes on wrestling because I can every day. I mean, there, that's the one thing. Maybe wrestling history. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, at this stage, at this stage with everything that happened yesterday was like one big slap, a gut, you know, not slap, a gut punch again. It, it took me back to the day that uh, Rudy Gobert tested positive. They canceled yeah. the NBA games. And Tom, I mean, it, it, it on, and in that, that was a bad day. It took me right back to that day. And I've enjoyed this anticipation. It hasn't been all that bad. I mean, the, look, the baseball stuff with the labor, of course, has been bad. But beyond that, the anticipation and just the hope that everything is, has been coming back has been great. But yesterday, it took me back to a dark place of where I wondered, what are we going to see? And and again, you had a guy on the PGA Tour testing positive yesterday. I mean, it's like of all the of all the the easiest scenarios to get through, I thought that would have been the, the one. And uh, and we were hit with that. So uh, look, we'll see. I am uh, I'm going to have to say that I'm no longer as optimistic as I was before. Does that make me root against it? Absolutely not. This is my livelihood. I hope all sports come back. I hope football comes back in the fall for sure. But I can't be nearly as confident after after what is going on here. I mean, it's just I, yesterday yeah, was just and, rough. And it's fair. I think I think the confidence level should be shaken because it's human beings. I mean, that, of course. I mean, you're facing something that's that's terrifying. Hundred thousand people have died of this this awful awful virus. That's a huge number of people in this country to lose their life for this, and it's still going. And I think that's what's so scary. And I think what you're kind of experiencing now. Very, very difficult times here, and everybody knew somebody, and it was, it was, it was very difficult to go through. And it seems like here, again, everyone's been very strict here, and things seem to be at least going in the right direction in terms of numbers, in terms of cases. And we can only hope that if the curve needs to be flattened again in these areas, that people on the second time maybe take it more seriously than maybe they did the first. And hopefully we can get at least some sort of containment on it. Is it ever going to go away? I don't know. I mean, if you listen to some of those, well, I, I believe say no. there'll be a vaccine for it eventually, and there'll be yeah, but well, that could be a year away still. And, 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 well, well, and, and that is when I believe sports will be back and we'll be fine. <laughs> at that, when, when I know that there is a vaccine for it, at that point, I think that I can safely say it'll be welcome back sports and. Look, there are a lot of people who who watch and, and who watch all of our shows during the week, and and I give uh, you know sports fans a lot of credit, really for hanging in there. And I'm one of those people. And look, there are people that unfortunately are on social media that are rooting for uh, this to be canceled and rooting for that to be canceled. And I'm like the furthest from that. And and you guys know earlier this week, and and I you know firmly believe that baseball will play. I still do believe there will be a baseball season, but I can't sit here and say that I'm as optimistic as I was 48 hours ago. And listen, when we come here on Monday, I may be super optimistic and things may change again. And 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 the hardest part of this is that because there's such political attachment, it feels like, to this virus is that I don't even know what I'm getting is real or not. Like you just said, for example, that the, that, you know, in Florida, you know, the hospital situation is really, is really tough. And then you may be right. I don't know. But well, I just saw it on more, the news, so I'm. You could, you could be right, but then they had a press conference this morning saying that's a complete lie. Everything is fine. So it's like I, I don't know, and I'm not indicting well, you. Well, they said everything is fine. I think what the the answers were this. The first thing that came out was that they were maxed out in terms of beds. They're not the at all. They had a press. Well, conference that's what they said. They, they came out. They said they've made no preparations, and that's the thing. Like you, you know, just because one thing isn't true doesn't mean that you know that everything's a lie. What I'm saying is you have one thing where that was the case, and if they address the problem, 
No, I'm, I'm telling you now that the that the the uh, legislators in Florida said that that is not true. That they have plenty of hospital beds. So who is right? I don't know. And I'm and and the point is is that you could read something in the afternoon or in the morning at 9 a.m. and by 11 o'clock it could be completely refuted and we don't know what's right or wrong. I'm not saying that you in particular oh. like are wrong like you are on football. No offense. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not saying like you're yeah. wrong on that. That This has nothing to do with right and wrong. It's like you're getting a piece of information from somewhere and it's being refuted somewhere else. And I don't mm -hmm. know what and I don't know which way to turn. I don't know who is right and who is wrong. You know, my wife all day long, she's getting these texts from people like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. I'm like, well, ha has this person sent you anything positive in this whole time since this happened? Well, no. I'm like, so they're a fear monger. We are not going to take that person serious. Do they send anything positive that's happening? Well, how many texts have you gotten? A hundred. How many things have been, oh, this is better? None. Okay, well, we know where that person stands. So it's like, but why am I, why do I have to try and weed through that to figure out what's what's real and what's not? And I feel like it's a big political mess too. And that's really what's caused it because certainly everybody has an agenda with this. And my agenda is only two things. Number one, keep my family safe and alive. And number two, keep my job. And if those two things can happen, then certainly I'm very happy to talk about whatever they want to talk about here. I'll well, do look, birthdays for the next five years if I have. <laughs> well, we've, we've become, I think, very useful because I think in the vacuum without sports, what we've been doing here, sports-related topics, even non-sports-related topics, I think, you know, people need entertainment. And we are sports entertainment, whether we like it or not. Fantasy sports, gambling, it's all sports entertainment, just like wrestling. And that's the whole point. The whole point is we all need something. And I think it's important that we're here on the network doing the work we're doing in this vacuum where we're still waiting for sports to come back. And and look, yes, absolutely. The news yesterday was not good. We can only hope that the news will continue to get better. And I think it's it's very realistic and, and understandable to be upset or downtrodden about it. But that's something you have to get past and we have to keep looking, go forward and keep looking to say, okay, well, when and how and when and how, because the minute we stop going when and how is the minute that, you know, everything, uh, everything just stops forever. And that's not going to be the case either. There's always a dawn every single day and we just have to keep looking for that. And it might not be as quick as we want. And it might not be this year. Like you said, I'm still hopeful for NFL. We'll see what happens, but I think definitely baseball got into a little bit of jeopardy uh, this weekend for sure with it. For sure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all sports did. It just goes to show you that no matter, even without even starting yet, they get hit by this. It's like, I mean, what what will be different two months from now than it is right now? Hopefully something. That's what we have to look forward to. Hope. That's basically it at this point. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to dive into another cheery topic. Birthdays in fantasy sports. That's much better. Uh, whose birthday are we celebrating over the weekend in sports history? And also this day in fantasy sports history. That's coming up next right here on Sports Grid. This is FST, Craig and Joe. And we're back after this on the weekend edition. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's time to wish a happy birthday to a lot of people in the sports world. And we're going to get into it here on the show. This is our weekend edition programming here on Fantasy Sports Today. Normally, Joe and I are on every day, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. But in lieu of the weekend, we like to kind of keep things fresh. So what we do is we run through everything that happened on the 20th of June. And we're going to run through everything that happened on the 21st of June in this rapid fire uh, 13 minutes that we have here on the show. So without further ado, let's get into it. And we start off in 1973. I think people forget just how good Bobby Bonds was in Major League Baseball. In 1973, he set the National League record for leadoff home runs with 22. Bobby Bonds was a really, really good player. Yeah. Unfortunately, had a time, an untimely death toward, uh, you know, not the end of his career, but just sort of, uh, you know, in retirement. And uh, never got, you know, a chance to unfortunately see Barry Bonds break the home run record. Certainly, you're talking about one of the greatest, if not the greatest, player of all time. In the words of Joe Ranieri, too, he played for the Yankees, right? He did play for the Yankees. <laughs> uh, but no, you go back and you look at Bobby Bonds' numbers. He had some fantastic seasons, some power and speed. Uh, you know, it's it's tough when you're in the shadow of 
playing with guys like Mays and McCovey when you're kind of on that team, but just kind of a reminder of how good those Giants teams were. And there was always a lot of friction between Bonds and his son, too. They seemed like a, a relationship that uh, certainly had its turmoil in it. And uh, I always kind of wondered on this Father's Day weekend, too, you know, how that you know, plays out. You think about fathers and sons and baseball and a lot of that kind of goes together. I know it does for you and it does for me as well. And uh, it seems like one of those relationships where, I don't know, I always often wonder if we talked to Barry Bonds and sat him down, you know, how much of his career and how much of what he wanted to do in baseball is to show his father that he could be as good, if not better, and, and all the other psychological stuff that goes into it. But uh, as a player, Bobby Bonds, you go back again, I think very underrated. Strikeouts were high, but in terms of productivity, it was high as well. A lot of stolen bases as well. Yeah. Uh, 1982, Tom Watson wins his only U.S. Open, worth mentioning here. We were at U.S. Open time here in June. 1993, the Chicago Bulls win the NBA title over the Phoenix Suns and Charles Barkley. That happened in 1993. 2006, this is pre-LeBron James. This is, uh, Joe, when essentially the Heat got together. Mm-hmm. This, uh, I mean, it, it kind of feels like a lot, a lot of teams do this where, uh, or, I don't know necessarily that the Warriors did or even the Raptors, but in this sort of era from 2000 to 2010, maybe even and beyond, the Heat had its core players, mm-hmm. but they also added a bunch of journeyman guys who formerly used to be all-stars and MVPs yeah. and Hall of Famers. And so Alonzo Mourning came back. And Jason Williams, the point guard, was there. And Gary Payton was on that team. And Antoine Walker. It's like they added all of these veterans uh, to go with Shaquille O'Neal. But what they didn't realize is that they had a Hall of Famer in Dwayne Wade at that time. We all thought Dwayne Wade in 2004, 2005, we thought he'd be a good player. Don't get me wrong. Really good. But he became a Hall of Famer. He carried the heat to that championship in 2006. And this was the beginning of his Hall of Fame career, really. Yeah, and uh, Dwayne Wade, by the way, a shout out to him on Father's Day, too. Uh, he has shown over the last few years, too, what a father's supposed to be and uh, has done some fantastic work there. And if you don't know what I'm doing, uh, talking about, go Google it and learn yourself something. But uh, you're right. Yeah, and I think it does happen in the NBA because I think what you're looking for is guys with veteran experience, guys who, you know, when you get to the big stage, they know how to act in those playoff games, and you know the certain things at that stage in the career, what they can still do. This guy can still rebound. This guy can still shoot. Robert Ory could shoot a three right now. You can go put Robert Ory on a team somewhere. I guarantee you he could find a big three to hit and he will hit it. And I think that's what you're looking for. Plus, those guys are also looking at the end of their careers to get one more title, to get a ring if they didn't get one. So they're also, in a way, looking to kind of latch on as well. So it kind of, it works. It goes hand in glove. Those scenarios for those NBA veterans where the organizations are looking for those kind of talents with veteran experience and some of the veterans who might have missed out on opportunities with other teams get that chance chance for one more uh, ride into the finals. So I think that all kind of comes together very nicely as it did for this Heat team. Yep, it sure did. And then in the NBA draft last year, we'll end with 2019. Zion Williamson, the first pick in the NBA draft by the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, met with a lot of optimism and then went to some negativity when he got hurt. But boy, did he make an impression in a short period of time that he was back with the Pelicans. Hopefully we'll get a chance more to see him, uh, see more of him, excuse me, next month. All right, this day in fantasy sports birthdays for June the 20th, a nicely underrated player in Major League Baseball Mm. for a long period of time, Carlos Lee, uh, born in 1976. Uh, 30 home run guy, like every oh. year, 20, 30 home runs. He could just, I mean, oh, he was just a hitter. That's, that's all he was. Yeah, power, average, everything. You drive in runs. I used to love, love, love getting outfielders like Carlos Lee and Maglior Donez. Give me those two. Like, you could go and, like, you'll go the early draft capital on all those big-time guys. Give me Carlos Lee and Maglior Donez during the, that time period, man. Those guys were always productive, always showed up, and always hit. I love those dudes. And you're right, Lee does not get enough credit. He had a pretty good career. 1978, LeVar Arrington, one of the best players in the history mm. of Penn State football, yes. uh, then went over to the Washington Redskins. I've mentioned this on previous shows. I'm not sure if, if it was with you, Joe, or Joe Ranieri, but uh, the best you know, blocking field goal guy I've ever seen in the history of huh. college football. No, you didn't mention it with LeVar me. Arrington. I did not know Oh, that. my gosh. This guy was just incredible. He w- he blocked extra points and field goals every game at Penn State. It was, I mean, I've never seen anybody do it. They tried to do that with him again. In the NFL, he did get a couple of them. It did not go as well. He had a very solid NFL career. Uh, better player at Penn State probably that he ended up uh, with the Redskins, but the Redskins also had a really a lot of really bad teams at that time too. Yeah. 1983, uh, Darren Sproles 
who continues, I guess, is there a soul, is, did he retire or is he still playing? Darren no, Soles? he's no done. Idea. He retired. Actually oh, he did retire. Season. He did. Finally, he did, which is sad in a way because he was a very fun player. Very popular. I remember everybody when he came up with the Chargers thing, oh, this guy can't hack in the NFL. He's too small. Well, guess what? He was a, a huge piece for those Charger teams when they were making runs there and an incredible compliment to Tomlinson for a while. And then that role then became Danny Woodhead for a while. And then you saw Eckler catch a bunch of balls. So Phil Rivers has always found somebody in the backfield to throw the ball to. So keep that in mind this year when you're looking for fantasy stuff. But Darren Sproles as a returner, as a running back, just, I mean, talk about out kicking the coverage, right? Talking about a guy that went so far beyond anybody's expectation and it's about work ethic and it's about heart. And that's two things this guy had in spades, man. So happy birthday to Darren Sproles, man. I, I, I don't know. Is, isn't that what certain guys in the NFL or, or in sports in general, when you say their name, you kind of smile. I feel like Darren Sproles is one of them. Got to root for that guy. No doubt. Yeah. 1983, Kenji Morales, former first baseman. And I think known most for his days with the world series champion, Kansas city, Royals, also with the Toronto Blue Jays, also a guy that could just wake up and hit and play first base, mm-hmm. too. And then in 1985, Darko Milicic involved in the best NBA draft of all time. I mean, really what it comes down to. LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, Darko Milicic. Like, yes, I, only the Knicks, right? <laughs> Darko Milicic. Darko taken ahead of Dwayne Wade. But, you know, that's that's what happens. But Oh, Chris Bosh, too, in that draft, I should say. Yeah. So, um yeah, best best NBA draft, best first 10 picks in the history of the NBA draft for sure. And then you got Darko in there. So. <laughs> you know, I'm Morales, right. I always remember him. Didn't so. he get a walk-off home run once and, and break his leg or, or his ankle or something like that coming around? Like That sounds right. He missed yeah, he hit it. He hit the, yeah, he like jumped up and everybody was waiting for him and he that came down correct. weird. And then he was out for the year. I remember that most of it. I think he was out for not the year, a year. I think he lived yeah, in Yeah, a year. Year. Yeah, it was a terrible yeah. thing. It was oh, awful. But happy birthday, yeah. Kendris. Anyway. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. I hope your legs do it Congratulations. <laughs> well, I just do. Certain things you remember. I remember no, that. You got to go with it. Yeah. All right. This day in fantasy sports history for June the 21st for our Sunday viewers, we have the Yankees' Lou Gehrig retiring in 1939. Everyone remembers his speech. 1964, uh, another big day in sports. Mm-hmm. Phillies, uh, Jim Bunning pitches a perfect game on Father's Day. Wow. Like that was. Against the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> against the Mets, very true. I didn't. I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, well, that's all right. I I know. I believe me. I, we we have a whole long list of grievances as Mets fans, and this is definitely that's, you know for my time. But I know of this one well. Jim Bunning and uh, went into legislation. Was uh, I believe the governor or something? Kentucky, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and passed away a couple of years ago. 1970, Brazil wins the FIFA World Cup for the third time. Brazil had this unbelievable run in the 70s and the 80s. And, of course, who played for Brazil in 1970? Pele, the greatest soccer player of all time, 1970. 1986, some guy named Bo Jackson just (laughs) says, ah, you know what? I'm not going to play in the NFL. I'm going to play Major League Baseball. He signed a three-year contract with the Kansas City Royals. Shortly afterwards, signed a contract with the Los Angeles Raiders at the time. Goes on to be arguably the best two-sport athlete we've ever seen, Bo Jackson. Uh, 2002, Lennox Lewis knocks out Mike Tyson. This was really the moment that you knew it was sort of over for Mike Tyson because he looked so bad in this fight against Lennox Lewis, and uh, and he retained the WBC belt. And Joe, uh, when Tyson was fighting Holyfield, like those were fights until he bit his ear and all that stuff. Like yeah. those were act- like it looked like those were fights, and then Tyson just lost his, he was out of his gourd. But <laughs> Lennox Lewis just. You know, took him out, man. Like, yeah. Like well, Lennox Lewis was, was in his was, prime, and and yeah. you know that's what happens. You know, wrestler. Uh, excuse me. Uh, when you have um, boxers in their prime, it's a whole different story. It's just very difficult, and that's what made that George Foreman run so amazing too, because he was well past his prime. Yeah, but something so. happened there, and I don't know if it was just like a dip in the in the <laughs> what was going on in boxing at the time, or just he really found himself. But man, that's what made that little run for George Foreman. We got that belt back so fascinating because usually with boxers, there's that window, and after that. It's pretty much over. 2018, DeAndre Ayton, first pick in the NBA draft by the Phoenix Suns. And we'll end with that. That's this day in fantasy sports history for June 21st. This day in fantasy sports birthdays, we've got Rick Sutcliffe in 1956, former Cy Young Award winner. 1959, Tom Chambers, one of the really Mm. underrated players in the uh, 80s in the NBA that never gets talked about. 1967, Derek Coleman came to the NBA. Everyone thought he was going to be the best player in NBA history. Turned out to be a really good player, but 
not quite as good as he was, of course, with Brett Syracuse Orangeman for sure. <laughs> 1978, Matt Kuchar, great golfer. 1980, Richard Jefferson, who played for like 25 years in the NBA, like a Vince Carter with like 20 different teams. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a Hall of Famer, but he certainly played long enough and put enough stats to be. And then uh, the guy we talked about a couple days ago on the show, Darius Geis, born in 1997. And that's uh, this day in fantasy sports birthdays for the 21st, Joe. You got anything on any of these guys? Yeah, look, I'm I'm hoping just from a football standpoint, not even a fantasy standpoint, I want to see Darius Geis get on the field and play. I want to see everybody get on the field and play this year, but I'd love to see Geis have a healthy season because I don't like seeing a guy with so much talent not get to live out his dream. I remember seeing Kajana Carter get hurt and thinking he, how good he was at Penn State and never getting to live that out. I don't want the same thing to happen to Darius Geis. I, I'm, so I'm hoping, keep my fingers crossed for that. And I want to wish everybody out there a very happy Father's Day and a happy Father's Day to you, Craig Mish. I hope you have a fun day, a nice day you. where you don't have to think about birthdays or the historical happenings and you can just take a day off and kind of reboot yourself. But uh, I hope you enjoy the day, my friend. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Same to you, Joe. And for all the fathers who are watching out there, a very happy Father's Day. Hopefully you enjoy your weekend. We've got NASCAR, of course, this weekend. Matt Sells was on our show earlier this week. He will join us as well as a conversation with Gray Albright from Razball.com. This is Fantasy Sports Today's weekend edition right here on SportsGrid, your 24-hour sports gambling and fantasy channel. We cover it all for you, and we've got plenty more coming up on the show next, so don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back here with you. We know that coming up on Sunday, Matt, we got a really big race coming up. And uh, the Geico 500, I want to get to that. But we've got a lot of different things that I want to get to uh, get to here with you before we get to that race and sort of, you know, kind of where we stand in the NASCAR season. And you've been so good at helping us and picking out some winners. Um, FanDuel has released odds uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series champion at this point. So I wanted to just show people and run these down a little bit. And you tell me. Um, you know, you can either have a pick, not have a pick. Maybe you have an opinion. If there's a lean somewhere else, let's just kind of run through it real quick. And and I and I think at this point, I think we know who the major players are. We just don't. Yeah, know I mean, gonna, we're, we don't we don't know who's going to win through uh, the regular yeah. season at this point. So yeah, and we don't know who's going to win. I don't think Matt, but we do know that based on the odds, they're all bunched together. So let's take a look at it. Uh, Chase Elliott's plus five fifty. Denny Hamlin plus five fifty. Kevin Harvick is plus five fifty. Uh, Joey Logano is plus 650. Kyle Busch is plus 650. And if you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook, clearly there are some other long shot odds at this point. And so when I look at odds like this, Matt, here's what it tells me. I don't know who's going to win, but it sure seems like it's going to be one of these few guys. So which way should we lean? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty impressive that they're that bunch together. Um, It does make sense to me. Those have consistently been, if you take Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Joey Logano, those have pretty much been the four fastest cars on the track just about every week at this point, regardless of if it's been uh, a super speedway or an intermediate track or a one mile track or, you know, varying kinds of tracks, those guys have all shown up uh, about the same. So, um, you know, you also have to take into account where the championship race is going to be run at the end of this year. It's changed from Homestead, Miami, which is what it previously had been for more than a decade. Now it's going to shift to Phoenix at the end of this year, or otherwise known as ISM Raceway. And those four guys tend to be really good at that racetrack as well. So I think that's playing into it a little bit. They're, they're you know, looking at, okay, these 
are the top of the point standing guys right now. They don't show any signs of slowing down. Uh, Denny Hamlin's been in the championship hunt each of the last four years. Joey Logano won the championship uh, two years ago. Uh, Kyle Busch won it last year. Chase Elliott's been pretty close to being in the championship hunt. Um, So, you know, if I had to lean right now, based on how they've looked and where the uh, championship race is, I would lean towards Kevin Harvick at this point. All right. Well, uh, Harvick has uh, been your guy from the beginning, and, you know, know, certainly we'll see what happens as the races continue. Speaking of which, coming up on Sunday, Matt, we have the Geico 500. Before we dive into the odds there, tell us a little bit about the race coming up this weekend. Yeah. First of all, I want to say that this is possibly the most ironically named, uh, or depending on how you want to look at it, it's either the most ironically named or aptly named race of the season. Uh, Geico, obviously, an insurance company. Talladega Super Speedway is where the race is this week. That's known for massive wrecks. Um, to give you an idea, over the last 10 years or so, um, you know, basically 60 to 70% of the cars that have run in those races have been involved in accidents. Okay? Mm. It's a wreck fest. It's simply because of the style of racing they do at the track. Um, it's known as pack racing, where you'll see a lot of two-by-two two, uh, action. It's basically the same as Daytona. Uh, For those of you that tuned in and watched the Daytona 500 back in February, uh, you see a lot of the same similar races uh, at Talladega as you do at Daytona. So there's a lot of wrecks. So that's why I always get a kick that it's called the Geico 500 because there's a lot of cars to fix uh, after this after this race. Um, That being said, it's kind of a race that it's anybody's to win. And I know we use that cliche in sports and whatever quite a lot, but. This is truly anybody's race to win. Last year, uh, in you know the spring race at Talladega, the race ended under caution. Chase Elliott won the race. Um, Alex Bowman finished second at the July Daytona race, uh, which I was privy to be at. Um, Justin Haley won in his first ever Cup race at Daytona. He was going off as like a plus seven thousand odds. Uh, before the race started and he wound up winning because everybody crashed out and he kept moving up and then the guy in front of him uh, pitted in a bad time to pit and Justin Haley wound up winning when they called it for rain so um, these are the kind of races where you see a lot of long shots win um, and a lot of guys that have like one or two wins in the cup series generally have come at super speedway Um, so it's kind of one of those tracks where it gets a little tricky to just say, oh, well, we could just play the, the front runners because um, they'll be good. Not not necessarily. Right. Well, I mean, maybe it's a stay away then this weekend. Here are the odds uh, on FanDuel. And as Matt said, aptly put, with all the uh, with all the odds here, there really is no favorite. Keselowski's 10 to 1, Chase Elliott 10 to 1. Uh, Denny Hamlin, 10 to 1, Logano, 10 to 1, and then Harvick and Kyle Busch are 11 to 1. We stopped there, but there were odds, uh, Matt, for guys at 20 and, and 30 to 1, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's throwing a dart there as opposed to taking uh, one of these and taking a chance, but it sounds like it's pretty wide open. It is very wide open. Um, if I would have to lean on uh, quote unquote favorites, and I know 10 to 1 is a pretty steep favorite, but that's kind of where the odds lay right now this week. Um, I would go with either Brad Keselowski or Joey Logano. They tend to be very good plate racers. Um, Fords, in particular, are very good at Talladega. They both drive for Team Penske, which is a Ford team. Um, So I would tend to lean there if we're going for the favorites. But again, I just stated that in July, Justin Haley won at Daytona. He was going off as a um, a, a massive underdog. In terms of DFS... The best plays are typically the guys that start 28th or worse in terms of highest scoring DFS plays that you can play um, because they tend to just hang out in the back and avoid the crashes that happen in front of them and then move up because everybody that was in front of them is now off the track because they crashed out of the race. So that's that's kind of the way that these tend to work. So that would be my lean right now for the for the bets. Well, let's uh, let's also look at the uh, FanDuel's uh, DFS and, and here are the top priced guys. Uh, Chase Elliott, 13,300. Logano's at 13. Hamlin at 12.7. Keselowski, 12.4. So, uh, I mean, it feels like 
I mean, look, you've been really good with the DFS, Matt, but it feels like this is a pretty much boomer bust week. It's like maybe you have a shot to win, but if you don't, we really can't hold it against you because it feels like somebody may come out of nowhere. Would you would you pay up? I mean, who who is the guy that you'd pay up for this weekend in the so, DFS circuit? So typically the way I build lineups for plate races, as they're known, because there used to be restrictor plates in the engines, now there's not, but they still race the same way. So Daytona and Talladega are the plate races. The way I typically build... Um, for those, if you're going to play a cash game contest, which is like a double up or a 50-50, um, I literally just pick the guys that are starting in the fifth or sixth worst starting spots and put them in a lineup and then just set it and forget it, essentially. Or you can play guys that are starting like 28th or worse. Um, you're going to see a lot of salary left on the table this week on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, generally speaking, my cash lineups for this week leave at least $10,000 on the table. Um, depending on how the salaries shake out. So, but on FanDuel, it's very easy to fit anybody you want to uh, this week for sure. So if I was going to pay up, um, I tend to pay up for one guy who's going to start in the top 10. Um, I would probably pay up for Joey Logano um, or Chase Elliott. Those two guys have been very good at this track of late. So I would pay up for those two guys. And then other than that, I would go... Uh, and just put everybody starting like 28th or worse in the lineup and then just wait for the wrecks to happen. All right. And uh, before we go, uh, give us a little preview of what's to come here on the NASCAR circuit after Talladega on Sunday. So after Talladega on Sunday, which, by the way, if you're interested in having a fun time on Father's Day watching a bunch of cars wreck, no better time to do it than watch it on, <laughs> right. on Sunday afternoon. Uh, there will actually be fans in the stands. Again, there's 5,000 fans that are going to be in the in the stands for Talladega Race, so that'll be cool. Uh, the following weekend is actually a doubleheader cup weekend. There's a race on Saturday the 27th of June and a race on sa Sunday the 28th of June, both at Pocono Raceway. Uh, so that'll be really interesting because they haven't done two races back-to-back -back in two days uh, at a at the same track in the Cup Series before. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then after that, we get some tracks like Kentucky and Texas. And uh, immediately following Pocono, you get Indianapolis Motor Speedway on 4th of July weekend. Um, so that's what's coming up there. They do, they also just announced they moved the uh, all-star race from Charlotte Motor Speedway to Bristol. So if we like the oh. short track racing we got a couple of weeks ago, we're going to get short track racing for the all-star race uh, with it doesn't count for any points for the Cup Series, but there's a million dollars on the line. So, you know, racing furiously for a million dollars is always a good thing. And there's supposed to be 30,000 fans in the stands. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes uh, at that point. Are you are you going to any races this year? Or are you going to stay home? Um, We'll have to see. The closest, uh, there are a few races coming my way here Um as the summer continues and as we move into fall with Kansas, uh, Kansas is still keeping a couple of races. Um, I could make it down to Texas. They're supposed to be letting some fans in the stands. I haven't decided if I'm going yet. I don't know if I want to risk it, frankly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But maybe by the time the fall happens, we'll see what, what's going on at that point. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, look, I mean, fans are uh, back in a lot of places uh, in limited numbers at the very least. And NASCAR is no different, of course. I mean, my podcast yeah, but... partner, Dan Malin, is going to the Talladega race on Sunday. Oh, there you go. Because he go. lives in Atlanta and they allowed fans within a 150 mile radius of Talladega, which for those that don't know, is in the northeast corner of Alabama. It's about 100 miles west of Atlanta. Uh, so he, he got himself a ticket and he's going. All right. Well, uh, we'll check Dan out this weekend. Also, check out Matt at the Salesman on Twitter and at Fantasy Alarm for uh, all of Matt's great work on the NASCAR. And of course, uh, if you want to watch our show on demand, you can go back and watch everything that Matt just talked about. Gave you a few different options to win the cup, DFS, uh, to win the race coming up this Sunday. As Matt said, this may be one you got to be a little bit more careful of due to everything that is going on, certainly uh, uh, at Talladega with all the massive wrecks and crashes. Matt, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Always a fun time. All right. That's Matt Sells from Fantasy Alarm. We will take a quick time out. More baseball discussion coming up next. Also, of course, odds from everything else going on, even a little football. You're watching Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish. We'll bring Joe Pizabia back in just a couple of minutes. Here on this Thursday edition of the show, we'll be back in just two minutes right here on Sports Grid, so don't go away.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Our next guest has a $2.5 million baseball card collection that he hasn't seen in 17 years. And he joins <laughs> us now on the show to break it all down. No, he joins us on the show every week. Uh, having fun with us here on the program. It's now the longest running joke in the history of Sports Grid that every Friday Gray appears on the show and we get closer to a baseball season. And we think that one of these Fridays, Gray and I are going to have a real fantasy baseball breakdown and conversation in fact when i first approached gray about coming on the show about seven eight ten weeks ago uh, on the tv side i said it'll be great because when there's baseball it'll be back and we'll be talking about that oh it's probably going to be next week and next week and next week and next week and here we are gray uh back again in potentially uh really the most annoying time in baseball history that i can remember that i think we have achieved it yeah, no, definitely. It is uh it's super annoying because I mean they're they're going to get on the same page, but right now they're negotiating in the public. So everyone, you know, with each thing that someone says, like the players will say, "No, we won 70 games." And the owners will say, "Oh, that's the worst proposal I've ever heard in my life. Forget it. We only will do 60." Like, what? <laughs> it's right there. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, no, you you don't go from like 60 to 70 and it becomes a good proposal to the worst proposal you've ever heard. Like, we, we, can do, we, we can do your baseball cards, Gray. We could do your uh, your Daryl Strawberry rookie card. You're you're a kid. You're at the you're at the show. And then you, how much for the strawberry rookie card? Five dollars. Five dollars. You're out of your mind. I would never pay you five. I'd only pay you three for that card. Are you crazy? That's horrible. Right. I mean, I know. What? Like, so just do four and call it a day. Like, what the heck? And 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 I, and the other thing I don't a couple of things that you mentioned, Gray, that's really baffling to me. The first is these these press releases. Like, I mean. How many of these are we getting a day now? We got two yesterday from Tony Clark, another one from Rob Manfred, and yeah. they're all public. And it, this is playing out so publicly at this point. That's the first thing. Second thing, Gray, is that you well, you hold on, so you fly all the way to Arizona and you leave without a deal. Like I'm not, you should <laughs> never, you can't leave, right? Like what? Well, I don't get it. Uh, no, I no, I agree. You would think there would be a little bit of urgency to want to have a season. So, you know, it's like if you're uh, flying to Arizona to buy a used car, for instance, and you work out a deal and you're happy with it, and you're like, hey, I got my uh, Miata <laughs> or whatever you bought. And uh, and then you get, leave the uh, showroom and you get on the plane, you fly home, you're like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like, what? <laughs> you just went, you went there to negotiate. That's what you were doing there. So why didn't you just close the deal when you were there? Eh, no, I, I liked it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, really. I mean, there's a uh, – and the whole in the, in the public makes it for – you know, everyone then goes to like, oh, my God, there's not going to be a season. It's like – just because they said that yesterday doesn't mean there's not going to be a season. It's like they're just negotiating. That's what happens. You're just seeing all the nuts and bolts of it, which is right. unfortunate, really, because it makes everyone look really bad. I it mean, does, I it, think, it does. I don't yeah. Think coming out of this looking good. No, because the, on the player side, they give the negative parts to the media to report, and and on the owner side, they do the same thing, and it just goes back and forth, and we're hearing all the negative on both. Uh, you know, t uh, two days ago, Rob Manfred looked like, you know, the worst guy in the world. Uh, the players in the last 24 hours, now all of a sudden, when and where, not anymore. We want more games. Now they don't look good. It's like, wait a second. I thought that you'd say that you'd play whenever you want. So 
You know, we're, we're actually, we might not look good because when someone watches this on Saturday, they may be like, what are they talking about? There's a season. <laughs> it could be. It, it, could, it could very well. We have editors for that. For that. I mean, that's like where we're at at this point. Like at any, at any moment, we could have a season. Like we could, in the middle of us talking, there could be like an announcement say, yeah, there's a season. At some point it's coming. What oh, I, I the, actually, the most realistic thing I heard was uh, from one of your ex- uh, talk show hosts, uh, uh, partners, uh, Bowden, I believe, said that, you know, the owners are delaying just because they only want to do a certain number of games. And if they agree now, then it makes no sense for time-wise. Like, they have to delay until a certain point. So this way, 60 games be hits up, it, it butts against uh, September 27th, the end of the season. So that actually made the most sense to me. It, it does, except for the players' counter for that uh, is that we'll bake in uh, a doubleheader a week for every team to get the extra games in. <laughs> I, they, I know. they have something for everything, you know? I it's, know. It's, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's hard. It, it really is hard to root for either side, but it really makes the owners look it doesn't make the owners look good when it's like you own a baseball team and you want less baseball. Like I get why they don't want to pay the money, but I mean, come on. It's like, you're seriously, you're a billionaire and you want, and you own a baseball team and you don't want the team to play another game. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, great. There are teams that are not going to compete in a, in a 20, 40 or 60 game season and their payroll is 200 million. And so a prorated of that is $100 million. And you ask yourself, great, with no fans in my stadium, would I rather pay, my, pay these guys $100 million or pay nothing? Right. It's sad, but it's business. You know, it's like, I know. What, what, would I rather have $98 million or not have $98 million? <laughs> I'd rather have $98 million. Like, I'm not so sure about this season. That's a, uh, that is uh, roughly 70 times the value of my baseball car collection. So... <laughs> Almost. <laughs> you ever get a hold of that thing or no? <laughs> no, I'm never getting. How would I? Get, my baseball cards are with my mom in New York, and oh, right now okay. with the pandemic, unless I'm driving across the country and peeing in a water bottle, I'm never <laughs> like. Right. I'm not using a public restroom right now, and I'm not getting on a plane, so I don't know how I'm getting to the East Coast. I don't know. I heard Tout Wars. We have to redo all the drafts <laughs> on a plane. That was the new plan. <laughs> It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be fine. Everything will be fine. We're gonna get everyone together. On a, on we're just gonna go. We're, and, and even if there's not gonna be a draft, we're just gonna go and have to see everybody and have a good time. <laughs> oh man, I know. I I, I actually I I've gone back. I've rolled back on my. Uh, I I don't know if you remember, but I was against redrafting. Now. I'm completely for redrafting. <laughs> you, you, we did three weeks of you wanting to know, never redraft. You're like, oh, no, we can't do it. I like my team. Three weeks later, Gray Albright doesn't even know who's on his team. <laughs> I still right. like my team. I told you you were going to come around. I told no, you. No, I still like my teams. But honestly, it doesn't make any sense to have those teams anymore. Like, if you were to have a season, because at some point – when they do announce a season, there's going to be guys like, say, Mike Trout, who's going to be like, I'm not playing this year. It's not fair That's to be who drafted Mike Trout. If, if he does say he's not playing. Hey, I'll, t I'll tell you the other thing. That's the other huge mistake that the, the people who think they're smart in the fantasy, fantasy industry are going to make. The mm -hmm. second the season gets announced, you're going to start hearing about all of these drafts. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and you shouldn't do it right now. Wait until the night before the season starts. What is the point? I mean, are you kidding me? We never even got the spring training. We don't know who's going to play. We don't know who's not going to play. We don't know who's going to get kicked out. But, but that's my fantasy. We got to start drafting again right now. We got to do it. Why? Wait, like, wait, like two days before the season, get everybody together. That's when you do it. But you, we, don't know who, we don't know who Miguel Sano is going to kidnap. There's yeah, a lot of happens. <laughs> there's many there's many facets to this we just don't know yet no no a lot of it is uh definitely there anything good on tv for you i know that you're uh, in, in uh, southern california moving around a little bit you know, any, any, actually i do i do have uh i don't know if you've ever seen it what we do in the shadows on hulu is like one of the best shows i've seen in a long time is it Wow. Well, yeah. I, I take the it's, recommendation seriously. So. It is so funny. It's a comedy. It, it's as funny as The Office, I think. Really? Wow. That kind of accolade to it. It, it is really good. Never heard of it at all. 
Now? Oh, man, you're going to be in for a real pleasure. It's only like, I don't want to say 20 episodes total, too, so and a half an hour, so you could fly through it. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. definitely check them out. Really... Uh, are, are you guys at Razzball? In, I, I know that I've been seeing a lot of football stuff lately. Are you guys, like, in, are yeah. you, have you jumped into that yet? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're starting to roll out football content. We uh, I think we just released our uh, projections. That's another sport where I don't know if it's gonna happen. But I, I mean, seriously, it's like it, like nothing is certain anymore. I know, I, nothing's certain. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we started rolling out our projections. We have our uh, depth charts up, and uh, we're starting to get together for the uh, the Raz Bowl, which we uh, we do every year, which is a uh, a large contest amongst. I think you're in it, right? Yes, yes, I've been in it the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So we do that, and yeah, it's been good. I uh, you know I I really just want baseball. I want baseball just to begin. Like I just want to get past the uh, the negotiations. I table. know. Well, you know, it's like that's. That's really my love is baseball. Like I, everything else, I mean, even my wife. No, it, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is it is for me too, Gray. You know, the other day, uh, Joe and uh, Pizza P and I were talking, and uh, or I don't know if it was I don't remember who I was saying to, but I was like, "What you do? You believe that you actually have people that are going to be complaining that the season's only sixty something games after all of this?" I go, "That's that's not enough. We need more. It's got to uh, be more." I'm like, are you want to throw something at that person? Are you kidding right? me? We have oh no nothing God. on TV. I know. No I, I lost it a little bit today on Twitter. I was saying like, you know, for all the people taking a victory lap that there's not going to be baseball season, like. Are they now retracting that? Like, for so long, people are like, oh, there's not going to be big. And big baseball fans saying, big guys I know who are baseball fans saying, oh, there's not going to be a season. It's like, I don't know either way. I mean, at least say you're not sure. But to say there's not going to be a season and to, like, uh, drum down enthusiasm, it's like, no, why would you do that? Like, it's like, are you that miserable? And it's the same, and it's those same people that watch the World Series and they complain that John Smoltz doesn't like the game and John Smoltz is too <laughs> negative and he should be. I mean, it's the same people that do it. You can't win with these people. I mean, a month from now, the 19th, 20th of July, if we're watching live baseball games on TV and so there's only 60 of them, I'm okay with that. I'd be so happy. I'd be overjoyed. Oh my God. I'd be so happy. I mean, honestly. Last 60 games of the season. I mean, the season's long. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for 60-game season. Let's see what happens. I'm for, like, I mean, I think it'll be fun, even if it'll be a little bit more ridiculous than usual because there's going to be a lot of sample size issues with, like, guys hitting 400. and course, maybe We all know. We know, though. You but know, that is know. fine. That's part of the fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for like a season where, like, say Jesus Aguilar leads the majors in homers with 14. Yeah. I don't care. You know what? On that note, we're gonna end the show. I think that's a good way to end. <laughs> all right. Thanks again to uh, our producers. Uh, of course, we're doing a great job all week long. Brett, Danny, Ryan. Uh, thanks again to Gray Albright for coming on the show. Mike Taglieri. For my co-host Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig May. I hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you again on Monday right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.